All right, welcome everybody. Another episode of the Crush Cast. Today's discussion is with Jeff Hurd. He serves as the Chief Operating Officer for Equitable. This is being taped on March 31st, 2021. So 54 weeks into COVID. Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Really happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. I know that there are a lot of questions that people probably have on their minds about the support that was provided for all of our teammates, for advisors, and you've got a unique perspective on that. Would you mind sharing your view, your experience of COVID from, from the standpoint of a COO? <laughs> yeah, sure, I'd love to. I mean, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic really showed me a lot about equitable, and the people of Equitable. Uh, and I guess the first thing I'd say is we just showed great care for each other from the very first day. Um, you know, we came up with guiding principles as an organization that we are going to put the physical and emotional well being of our employees first. And I was really proud about how the, you know, the whole organization rallied around that. We were there for each other. Um, uh, as we learn throughout the pandemic, I think the company and, and I'll leave, you know, I'll leave the advisor piece to you because, uh, Jim, I know you did, you all did an amazing job uh, having conversations with the advisors, supporting the advisors. I'd say for the employees, we, we showed our support in a myriad of ways. You know, we, we went remote as soon as the situation became clear. We put a bunch of programs in place. Um, you know, for example, tutor me, people are having to, in effect, homeschool their kids. Uh, and tutor me allows you to, to get access, you know, through equitable to a, a tutor, just a great uh, benefit. Uh, we have headspace available to, uh, to everyone. It's something that I personally use. Uh, one of the things I committed to in, in 2020 that I've continued is to uh, have a meditation practice and to, to focus more on sleep. Um, we were really blessed that we have Dr. Wetzel on staff, and I know he spent time with, uh, with you and the advisors. I mean, what a resource to have in the middle of a, of a global health uh, crisis, and most companies don't have that, and, and, and we just lucked out with Dr. Wetzel because he's a, he's a rock star, super knowledgeable, great bedside manner. Uh, you know, he and the HR team really teamed up uh, early on as, as people at, at Equitable, uh, both advisors and employees started to get impacted. And you remember, Jim, in the early days, you know, we had no idea what no. this thing was all about and how it would impact our people. And people started to uh, get sick. Um, the, the HR team and, and Dr. Wetzel, you know, in effect made house calls uh, to see how those folks were doing, to see uh, folks with whom they had uh, contact um, so that we could uh, uh, help others and, and advise them whether they needed to quarantine. So uh, it just all of that uh, together and then the way our business responded, the way the advisors responded and stay, uh, stayed connected just showed me so much uh, about the people of, of Equitable. They're resilient, they're agile, they care. You have me reflecting on the earliest days of the pandemic and those guiding principles were so crucial. 
because decisions had to be made and you needed some type of structure on which to make those decisions. And reflecting on someone's been exposed, now what do we do? I recall a team would get together. Initially, it was almost every other day and would say, here's the fact set, here are our guiding principles, what do we do? And the other thing so, you might remember, Jim, in that is that the people who were impacted, how their, their first instinct was to care for the employees around them. So, yes. you know, we were, we were worried, are we going to be, you know, prying when we, when we call and have discussions? And, and they wanted to make sure that anyone who had, had contact with yeah. them was taking the appropriate action. Again, that says a lot to me about the- That was heartwarming, you're right. They would raise their hand out of concern because they just wanted to make sure everybody was out of harm's way. Yeah. You, you raised headspace and sleep. And I did tune into the headspace. And like you, I've discovered meditation. I'm curious if you could share what you've learned and how it might've helped you. So, um, uh, maybe a couple of things. I, I uh, probably, you know, most of my life I've been pretty good on exercise and diet, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the two big pillars yeah. that, I, that I always say. I've been a disaster on sleep. You know, I took this sort of uh, macho attitude that, you know, uh, you can sleep when you're dead and, you know, uh, uh, five or six hours is, is, is going to be enough uh, for me. Uh, and uh, I did some reading on it actually, and discovered how detrimental that is to your, you know, to, to your overall health. My uh, my uh, father uh, passed away from uh, Alzheimer's, um, and uh, I did a lot of research on that uh, as well. And as you know, that can you know that can run in a family. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, what I also learned is, you know, 90% of it, even if you have uh, the genes is preventable. And one of the big things is sleep and reducing uh, stress. And so on the, on the sleep front, I've really committed to it. And I found like my more, I, I just, I get more done. I get up early, but I go to bed very early. I get more done in like three hours in the morning than I used to all day long, just because of that focus um, and the energy that comes with getting a good night's sleep. And then also on the, on the meditation piece, it's really, it's really um, the focus. I've, I've done a bunch of meditations on improving focus. And as you know, you know, Jim, with all the devices that we have, you know, and I don't know if this is appropriate for a, you know, for a podcast, but people literally can't go to the bathroom without bringing their phone, right. you know? Yeah. And so you're constantly context switching and, and losing focus and you get to the end of the day and you know, what have you accomplished? And the meditation has really helped me uh, with the focus as well. For you, and I think not just for you, for so many, it's been fitness and then sometimes nutrition, but what about sleep? Yeah. And what about getting your mindset right? So those are biggies. And I would encourage those that, that have not checked it out look at Headspace. What an incredible resource the company's provided. And there's a great uh, book also called Why We Sleep. Um, yes. That, uh, that, that's just a fantastic resource. You know, one, one other thing I should uh, mention uh, that I think we should be very proud about uh, at Equitable through the, the pandemic is just our operational resilience. So, yeah. you know, as you know, we went, we went remote 
overnight. Yes. Basically everyone in the office to almost no one in the office. And, and um, I remember in the old days, when you wanted to test your business continuity, you used to shut down a site and you know not let people in. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of folks thought that was crazy. But imagine if we had designed a business continuity uh, uh, exercise where we say, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, tomorrow, nobody can come into any of our offices and we all have to work remote. We, you know, we would have thought uh, we were crazy. But all the work that was done in the separation from AXA Group to ensure we had the right IT infrastructure, right IT uh, security, um, all that investment, you know, paid off in a way that none of us could have imagined at the time. That work in those teams got us ready for the no one thought of it moments. How about your views on reimagining the workplace? Yeah, a lot of questions about that. Yeah. So um, uh, to me, uh, it starts with um, uh, the idea that the office is forever changed, right? The uh, old idea that you just, everybody just got up, uh, went to, you know, went on their commute every day, came into the office because that's where you did your work and you came back home. That's, that's never coming back. So we have to make, and we, on the one hand, on the other hand, we really believe in the power of being together um, and having an inspiring work uh, environment. You know, Jim, I think um, uh, one of the big things that got us through a lot of this is the bonds that we had formed yeah. years by being physically together. Uh, and at some point, you know, I, I love seeing your face, but I gotta, I, you know, I gotta see in person, give you a hug, have, yeah. you know, take your hand. Um, and also we've brought tons of new people into the organization um, in, a, in a completely remote way. So, so we have to give employees and advisors a reason to be back in the office. And, and we have a long-term vision of that as you know, our leases come up in, in our various locations. But whenever the right time is that we're gonna introduce more people back into the office environment, we have to already be ready to act differently because uh, we're, we've committed to a hybrid work environment. Um, and it's not that radical because we're, we're already a very multi-site environment, yeah. right? We have to interact with people all over the country. So the idea that we'll have a significant part of our workforce that, that works hybrid, um, you know, isn't, isn't a, a, a giant change. So we have to make that whole ecosystem, the office environment and people being able to work remotely just uh, an inspiring place. And it requires a bunch of stuff, you know, early days we're thinking about, so what, what would happen if COVID disappeared tomorrow and we were all back in the office? Um, it, if we just went in and, and uh, operate in the way that we did the day we left, I think it would be very uninspiring uh, to folks. We, we, we now have this deep connection. So just two things that I'll, I'll mention. You know, one is we have to sort of change our, our protocols around meetings. Um, uh, you know, how do you ensure that the people who aren't in the room feel as included as yeah. everybody does now when we have a giant Zoom or, or, or Teams call? Um, and how do we support that with technology? 
And it might be some low budget solutions at the beginning, like everybody bring your laptop into a meeting. So we're both physically present and on teams. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the great things about the uh, uh, American business environment is companies are innovating out yeah. there, you know, as we speak, and we're going to have some great technological solutions to continue to sort of democratize the, the meetings um, like we've had since we've been remote. Sounds like a combination of shedding the rigidity of our old work, commute, show up at the office structure, but then clinging to getting people together because we needed culture. Exactly. And bringing people together for the right reasons. It's interesting too, it, you know, from a sort of talent management point of view, some jobs have, have instantly become national in scope. So, you know, if we take our, our IT team in, in Syracuse, that was sort of a really nice protected group. We're a, we're a big deal in Syracuse. Yeah. People who wanted to make their life in Syracuse and join us uh, in the IT department. That was a great thing. They stayed forever. Now those folks are getting offers from, you know, 10 different companies across the country saying, you don't have to move. You can stay in Syracuse and do your job. So, so we're really, you know, yeah. it, it's going to impact everything that we do. Closing question for you. As we reflect back on the last year in a COVID world, on a personal basis, what would you say is the biggest silver lining that you experienced? So, so the pandemic for me, you know, really reinforced what, what what's precious and that's, and that's family and community. So, uh, I have four kids, uh, a wife who's an emergency room uh, pediatrician and who uh, at the time went on, you know, medical missions about once a quarter. Um, I'm like you and everybody else at Equitable, super busy at work. And we led, you know, crazy, hectic lives. All of a sudden, the kids had no more uh, activities. I was, you know, at home, no longer uh, had a commute. My wife wasn't doing medical missions. And we had time together that we never had. We had, uh, I think we counted like 170 family meals, the seven of us. Uh, it was, uh, you know, four kids, uh, my wife yeah. and I, and my eldest brother's uh, girlfriend, family meals. Um, and, you know, we watched uh, uh, shows together or read yeah. or played games in the evening. And I'm like, why weren't, why didn't we do this our entire, you know, lives? How could we have, have missed this? So, so hanging on to some of yeah. that, I think post pandemic is, will be really important. That'll be the key for all of us. Now that we have these wonderful adjustments that we've made, holding on to them. Jeff, thank you for your time today. This has been a spectacular discussion and thank you for your leadership. Thank you, Jim.